at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them. So grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room. For more movie friends. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Welcome. 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 To the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week I'm joined by Sif Pop editor Robert. The field stinks, both economically and socially, and I give it up. And I'm also joined by contributing writer Sam, but he looks kind of like my brother, so I'm going to call him Fred for the rest of the show. Salutations to you as well, Marilla Lou. Nice. I finished the movie 30 minutes ago. Oh, so you're like me every week. Cool. Um, I watched this last night. I've actually had time to sit on this one for like asleep, but that's that's. I watched the first. I watched the first hour during my lunch break at work. And then I tried to watch it like intermittently, but I got home and it was 2 a.m. And I was like, I'm going to sleep. I can't finish this. I'll wake up at six to watch it. (laughs) I've definitely done that before. Um, Usually for these goats episodes, but sometimes not. Anyway, Um, (laughs) Robert, also, (laughs) I noticed I was listening through the top five episode uh, that came out yesterday as we're recording this. And to separate each track, I put in applause for everybody. Like a little three-second applause audio clip to kind of make the transition a little bit smoother. Uh, it's still rough because it always is going to be. But um, and I realized I was bound to miss one, and of course it had to be after you. Oh. And <laughs> so you're the only writer that doesn't get applause on the podcast, and I just think that's fitting. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I listened to the episode. I didn't even notice. Oh, nice. That's funny. Yeah, I, I didn't notice until listening back through it. And I'm like, eh, it's it's too funny to change. You know, if it was like not after, you know, Sam or somebody important. But somebody <laughs> important. It, it could you could read it as being out of spite because I said I got to get back to the writer's room. And you're like, no, I'm not clapping for that. No, 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 no. I, I actually like if you stopped doing it, then I would start being mad at you. Um, OK, you should like put booze for robert actually like you never <laughs> i should go back and edit in a boo instead of fixing <laughs> yeah like like whenever like find the audio for when lebron went back to cleveland for the first time and just insert that right mm. there mm. after audios mm-hmm. for after robert's intro nice or just record me every time aaron opens up the the podcast recorder <laughs> uh we are on a time crunch today so uh, we should get into this we uh write for sipop.com uh do movie movie reviews best ever challenges and other interesting movie related columns so make sure to check out the website sipop.com to keep up with all of that on today's show we'll give our thoughts on what's coming out uh this week we have Miller's crossing and sometimes i think about dying um and then we'll uh discuss whether or not uh, breakfast at tiffany's is a goat um so full spoilers for that by the way um, if you haven't seen it, this 1961 film um, feels weird to put a spoiler tag on something that's 50 years old, but I feel well, you're in luck because it's 63. Years Have old. you seen a rom-com, dear listeners? You know what happens. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. But Have you um, ever fallen in love with someone who you repeatedly say looks like your brother? If so, <laughs> you can really. <laughs> I can't tell what's freakier, this or Phoebe having her having her brother's triplets. <laughs> mm, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> uh, for the B-plot this week, since we're on a little bit of a time crunch, we will do uh, just some best ever rom-coms because I have the self-defined king of three-star rom-coms here and the self-defined king of two-star rom-coms here uh, with Robert and Sam. And I figured, you know what? We know some of the basic ones that'll probably be my, probably be my only answers, but uh, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they're, maybe they can, maybe uh, Robert and Samuel can give you some like, 
interesting. Maybe you haven't heard of her. Maybe you initially wrote off rom-coms. So um, let's uh, let's kick things off first with a game. Uh, we're going to play the Rotten Tomatoes game because I think it'll take a little bit less time and be a little bit more challenging than um, doing the uh, movie grid. So the way this works is each of us are going to provide two movies. The sum has to get as close to the Rotten Tomatoes critic score to 100 as possible without going over the closest to 100 without going over wins. If we need to do a tiebreaker, we can. Um, but we're just going to do one round today. And um, Sam, I would like you to do the honor this week of picking some sort of limiter. It could be like movies from a particular year or a particular genre or has to include a particular actor. What is that one common thread that we all have to pick in picking our movies? Superhero movies post-2010. Oh, boy. Um, you were ready. You were ready. Okay, superhero movies post I thought we were going to do movie grid. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I, I just I didn't update the show notes to reflect this, and that's on me. No, I'm excited for this. You said pick the limiter. I was like, what's something evil I could do? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Are there two movies that would reach 100%? Uh, anyway, um, okay, so two movies, two superhero movies post-2010 that would equal um, or would equal or be under 100, as close as you can to 100 without going over on the Rotten Tomatoes critic score. Um, Robert, are you, do you have your picks? Uh, I'm thinking. <laughs> I have one. That's a good one. Equal or as close to 100 without going over is what you said? Yeah, yeah. and it has to be the sum of two movies. Uh, I don't know if this will get it, but I'll just I'll just go with these two. Um, Morbius is a pretty obvious one. Uh, I'm going to do Black Panther 2. Ooh. I think you'll be pretty close. Do you have a guess on where you think they sit? I'm thinking Morbius is 20 or below, and I'm hoping Black Panther is in like the 60 to 70 range. I think... I don't follow Rotten Tomatoes too much, but I think um, Morbius is probably in the mid-teens and okay. Black Panther's probably in like the mid-80s. I think you're pretty close. Sam? I'm going to go with Fant Four Stick, mm-hmm. the 2015 Fantastic Four, featuring my second favorite actor, Miles Teller, and uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. I, I'm pretty confident Fantastic Four is like sub-30, and I think Captain America, the first Avenger, is not like certified fresh sorry i think it is certified fresh but not like yeah i think it's i think it's like mid 60s yeah what's the criteria for certified fresh isn't sort of okay 60s what's it called when it's at 90 is that like i don't know i thought there was another term for that maybe i don't you're asking the wrong people i think Uh i like metacritic better than this (laughs) i just don't really take stake in anything else um anything right now but other than the opinions of my friends um yeah, and I think that Fantastic Four is actually going to be single digits. Um, so you might be on with something there. I'm going to go with... I'm going to do Suicide Squad and The Suicide Squad. <laughs> I, I, I think I got that in the bag. I think I'll take I like Suicide Squad a lot. I don't think it's good. I just like it. I think that one's probably like between 20 and 30. And I think The Suicide Squad is right about an 80. I could I be wrong, though. So I that think would The Suicide over. Squad might be in the 90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Whatever. Can't change um, now. Nope, can't change now. now. I've said it. All right. Let's uh, let's go in that order. Sam, uh, Robert, you picked Morbius, um, which is sitting with a got my calculator out. Fifteen percent. So you're looking for about an eighty-five on Black Panther two, and you get a eighty-three percent. Wow. Ooh. Look at oh you my go. Gosh. Ninety-eight on the money. You know, Robert told us um, it's over that he doesn't 
follow <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes before this, and I think he had this ready to go. I, you didn't even you had on the notes that we were doing the grid, so I was ready for that. <laughs> yeah. All right, I, like fam. held back from doing the grid on my own this morning, mm. so I could do it. <laughs> well, look, my lack of communication does not make up for your excuses of being good. Uh, all right, Fantastic Four. Uh, yeah, I was right. We got a nine percent here. A nine percenter. Mm. Let's go. Mm. Does it surprise <laughs> you? <laughs> uh, no. I haven't seen it, but like. There's a reason. You'd be better. It'd be better served to spend your time doing literally anything else. Yeah. Rewatch like five community episodes instead. Well, you know what? This is a lot, a lot higher score than I thought. Captain America's First Avenger, and uh, good on it because I like that movie a good amount. Um, you're sitting pretty. That has an eighty percent. So you're sitting pretty at an eighty nine, which is okay. not enough to beat Robert, but that's quite the feat if you could beat Robert. Robert is the equivalent of the shuffleboard where you literally are like your pod is like 40% off the mm-hmm. table, mm-hmm. but like it's in a corner. So you can't knock it off yourself. So mm-hmm. yeah. well done, sir. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at things. <laughs> uh, for me, I have, yeah, you're right. I'm over. Uh, suicide squad is 26% and the suicide squad is 90%. I didn't think that the suicide squad had as high of one. Um, and I knew that Suicide Squad was somewhere in the t- low 20s. but um... As is tradition, I have to shout out my mother every single podcast. You know a, a mo- an R-rated movie is good when even my mom walks out of an R-rated movie where Pete Davidson gets his face shot off and was like, that was a really good time. I was like, what? <laughs> well, of you course. You didn't hate that? Because okay. Pete Davidson got his face shot off. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think she would know who Pete Davidson is. So, mom, please tell me if you know who Pete Davidson is the next time I see you after you listen to this. I actually kind of like the guy, but yeah, I do I like, too. I like him okay. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't I don't like him, but I don't I certainly don't hate him. Like I'm tired like of him he... popping up in movies as himself, but like yeah. Pete Davidson yeah, yeah. the celebrity, I'm yeah, he's solid. Yeah, I, I I like seeing him and I think he legitimately has some good talent, but like yeah, I don't like 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 his scene in Fast X. It was like, what are you doing, guy? And his uh, Transformers character was like he just plays himself and just yeah. getting annoying. I liked yeah. him in Dumb Money. I didn't but, do dumb money and dumb money. I was thinking the same thing. Okay. He does play. He does play himself in everything. But yeah. you know, so does Tom Cruise, except for Tropic Thunder. Except for Tom Cruise is cool. Like Pete Davidson <laughs> isn't driving motorcycles off cliffs. Yeah, <laughs> he's making stoner I, jokes. I don't know if I'd call Tom Cruise cool anymore. I'd call him cool. I'd call him cool. I wouldn't call him cool ten years ago, but I certainly would now. I wouldn't call him a good person, but I'd call him cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's I definitely... definitely would not call him a good person. <laughs> if that's what you're trying to go get to. It's more like, it's like that kid who like can't help but do something ridiculous every time he wakes up. And it's like, I don't know if you're cool, but the fact that you're still alive is a miracle. He's like the kid in Asteroid City who's like, do you dare me to do this? And like, <laughs> he does it every time. Yeah. And people are like, no, no, like, we don't. He's, do you I'm dare me to drive a motorcycle off the cliff? No, we don't. Next thing you know, he's just like halfway down. They they ruined that movie's financial performance at the box office, showing the best stunt in it in the trailers a year before it came out. Or by I'm sure it's the best stunt, but I, ahead of but I like Oppenheimer it. and Barbie. Yeah, I yeah, like the I like the dual good. driving sequence more. Actually, uh, I yeah, I like that more too. But yeah. anyway, um, actually, no. The point is, Pete Davidson could do none of it. <laughs> yeah. And the other point is, it actually, its financial box-off performance was ruined by coming out next to the juggernaut that is... Uh, crap, what was that? What was that? 
movie with with the dude from the Passion of the Christ. Oh, Sound, Sound of, Freedom. of Freedom. Aaron's favorite yeah, movie of the year. It ruined its own performance by releasing next to Sound of Freedom. You said Aaron's favorite movie? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> no, you said a few weeks ago, or a few months ago that it was your favorite movie of the year. Oh, probably. I say a yeah. lot of things. Um, I, 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 I even, I even once suggested that Gran Turismo might be based on a true story. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No. <laughs> down to freedom. Look, I'm just saying what I heard from my friend Ricky down the street. So I'm just saying you. I I remember distinctly one time you told me you wish Jim Caviezel was in the Nice Guys instead of Ryan Gosling. That does sound like something that I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. yeah, I remember distinctly you told me once that you thought Jim Caviezel was Jesus. Mm. That also does sound like something that I would say. <laughs> yeah, because um, we all know Jesus was a white guy. Anyway, uh, one random question for you guys uh, before we move on. Um, we we're we're both we're, we're all kind of like set in, in our paths at this point. Uh, what did you want to be when you when you grew up when you were a child? I wanted to be the managing editor at a website. Um, oh, nice! I thought of the name SifPop.com, but. I, it's, it seemed too unattainable and didn't seem like a real word. So I said, let me go for something else. But then it, it came up. So I was like, yeah, I got to do it. That's a, yeah, that's a sign from Jim Caviezel God. Jim Caviezel <laughs> it's, Jesus. A sign, it's a sign from Jim Caviezel driving in Gran Turismo. <laughs> are, you sure the sign isn't, are you sure the time was Jim Caviezel being struck by lightning while filming The Passion of the Christ? Uh, uh, maybe with uh, Passion of the Christ too, um, but yeah. You mean Passion Resurrection? Yeah, that's what I mean. Passion Resurrection, based on your story. Passion of the Christ to crucify this to me, but you are yeah. correct, and thank you for the 2005 Family Guy reference. I got you. If you need 2005 Family Guy references, I'm your guy. If you need 2023 or 2024 Family Guy references, I'm not your guy. Yeah, same. Um, when I grew up, I kind of. I don't know, like, the, I didn't think about what I wanted to be when I grew up, uh, and I think it shows, but um, <laughs> I remember the first thing thinking was I wanted to, like, be a video game designer and then realize, like, maybe I don't. I just like playing video games. Um, so a video game tester or something, you know, I think was the first, like, you know, maybe I would do that for money because I already do it for free. So, in fact, you pay to do it. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to be everything. Like, it changed, like, every six months. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a period for a year where I was like, I want to be a Marine. And then there was a period after that where I was like, no, I want to be specifically whatever Jason Bourne does, mm-hmm. but without losing my memory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then as I got older, I was like, you know what? I'd like to be a claim supervisor at a large insurance company with a, <laughs> with a very toxic Reddit page. So. Mm. <laughs> well, hey, I'm the mod for that. Please, let's, let's not. God, I hope you're not the mod for that. I feel so bad for you if you are. Robert's your HR rep. <laughs> You'd be the first HR rep I've met virtually. No, there were <laughs> there were three things I wanted to be growing up. Sifpop.com managing editor, mod for the uh, Reddit subreddit for Sam's company, or you. specifically Jim Caviezel inside of Freedom. Um, obviously, <laughs> only Jim Caviezel could be Jim Caviezel inside of Freedom. Sure. Um, I got fired from being the Reddit mod, so I'm stuck here. I wanted to be the hairstylist for Jim Caviezel and Sound of Freedom. Mm. I would have done better than whoever it was who tried to dye his hair blonde. Guys, is it fair to declare Jim Caviezel is the first ever patron saint of this podcast? Uh, sure. Not when not when Jesus himself That's up to is you. there. So, no. I don't know if we've ever had a... Listeners that have listened to all 188 episodes of this so far, um, or even none of them, I don't care. Um, who, who would you say has been the patron saint of this podcast? Uh um, that we are completely overlooking at this moment, but or 
Jim Caviezel, please come on the podcast and tell us sure. about when you were struck by lightning. Sure. Yeah. Um, that too. Tell us a very uh, accurate story of how Sound of Freedom is, is real. Guys, I just uh, think about this question now. Like, I'm still not like super grown up. Like, I just, I really want to be a house husband. Like, I don't like not a stay at home dad. Like, I just want to like cook and clean because I like cooking and cleaning. I just don't do it because like my work schedule, like I don't cook a lot. And I really like cooking and I like having a clean house. And two weeks ago, my brother told me the same thing, and he's an attorney. Yeah, I just want to be. <laughs> well, a house you chose the wrong profession if you want to be a house husband. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's move on to talking about uh, some movies. We got two uh, movies that are coming out this year. Let's start with Miller's Girl because that's the one that I have pulled up. This is a movie releasing January twenty sixth. That's this Friday. Uh, creative writing assignment yields complex results between a teacher and his talented student. Um, starring Martin Freeman and Jenna Ortega, directed by Jade Haley Bartlett. Excuse me. Um, on the anticipation scale, we do not keep in mind your um, um, budget or your schedule or anything like that. It's exclusively your free will. So uh, on the scale, we're going to go, would you see it in theaters? Would you rent it at home? Would you wait till it's on a streaming service you already paid for? Are you not interested? Or are you just kind of like curious enough to wait for... Um, initial reactions. Um, Sam, let's start with you. When you when I saw this on the show notes, I was like, what is this? But I didn't thoroughly take the time to go through the show notes enough to try to figure out what this movie was. Mm-hmm. And then when you said, when you gave the description, I was like, no, I've seen this trailer before. And I know it has Martin Freeman and Jenna Ortega. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a dumpster fire. I am all the way in. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be terrible. Opening weekend, I already have my yeah. seats booked. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be like, I'll show my wife the trailer and be like, you want to come? And she's going to be like, you're no. insane. <laughs> no. Robert, where do you land on the scale? Uh, same exact place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this looks stupid and terrible. And why are you doing this? Uh, but that's why I want to see it. Also, Thanks. both of these movies, I can't find any showtimes. Like, I don't know if they're actually coming out and I kind of want them. Yeah. I mean, this is the, like, this is just the dumb thing about reward, uh, like release season. Cause like. IMDb says January 26th, but who knows? Maybe this is straight to VOD, but why would you cast Jenna Ortega in a movie right now and go straight to VOD? Um, I wonder if it was like I mean, before. I mean, they did it with Finest Kind for Jenna Ortega because that went straight to Paramount Plus, mm. which was also not good. I didn't see it. Imagine it, Imagine a five below version of The Town. Joe yeah, Mazzullo's favorite movie. Um, yeah, I don't. I haven't seen the trailer for this one, um, but... Yeah, I'll go. I like I'll go streaming um, because like I like I don't like I like the idea of like first time writer director. There's some talent here, at least, you know, um, Martin, Martin Freeman and Jenna Ortega generally like I don't know that I recognize anybody else, um, at least by initial thought. Sure. If you guys are saying it's a dumpster fire. Doug Mara Domenchek's name, Carolina from Succession. Oh, she's not on the initial um, IMDb's like top build and like like. Top, yeah, top build cast. Oh, also, I haven't that. seen Succession yet, so it's all right. Um, I've only seen the Succession episodes where uh, Logan dies and when uh, the election happens. <laughs> that'd be like Great watching. See. <laughs> yeah. That'd be that'd be like watching exclusively like the finale of Lost. <laughs> yeah, it's like watching the Red Wedding and the the uh, Battle, the of, Battle Winterfell, of Winterfell, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was awesome. like, okay, I think I get, I think I get the vibe. 
not interested. Yeah, I don't know what the vibe is because again, I haven't seen the trailer um, for this one. Um, but so Martin Freeman's in a lot of stuff, obviously, like the yeah. MCU and The Hobbit and uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide. Sure. He's yeah, and Sherlock. He's in like a lot of nerd stuff, but he's also in a lot of like other stuff. And when it's not uh, a well-known filmmaker like a Richard Curtis movie or an Edgar Wright movie, it's usually just comes and goes or is uh, generally regarded to be crap. And I think that's probably what this will be. Uh, okay. Yeah, I know. I that definitely tracks because even like I could even even though I would say the movies he's in in the MCU are on the better side, like he's not a, any part of a contributing factor in that. You know. Um, yeah. My favorite joke is that he's the Tolkien white guy in mm-hmm. Black Panther. <laughs> uh, there, yeah. there was this YouTube <laughs> clip that I found when the first Black Panther came out. And everybody applauded for every single name. They actually applauded for every name in the end credits. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan. They applauded mm-hmm. for everybody. And they got to the last two names or two of the last three names were Martin Freeman, then Angela Bassett, then it Andy Circus. <laughs> then it was Andy Circus. And it was like you chose two, the worst two of the last three. Like, because there was no applause for them. And then the screaming for Angela Bassett. Yeah. But yes. Um, I'm hyped because this movie looks terrible. Let's see how. Cool. Yeah, I don't, it's hard to know when the movie doesn't have a plot description. So, anyway. Oh, you don't know what it's about, like, at all? No, it just, it literally, I told you the IMDb synopsis, and I said I haven't seen it. That is it. A creative writing assignment yields complex results between the teacher and his talented student. Oh, it's what do, like. What do you he, think that means? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I imagine we got some May-December going on here, you know? Yeah. Pretty much, except for she's a college student, not a 14-year-old, but still. You know, if I could go through one episode of uh, The Ringer's Big Picture without them talking about May-December, I would love it Look, so like, much. Here's, here's, my, here's my thinking behind that, though. Like, obviously, like, that's a gross subject, right? Like, an older person with a, with a yeah. student, a person in a potential thing of authority, but, like... You really think a movie wouldn't get greenlit unless it was? Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm sure like, it's not like in favor of the relationship, but yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. some first-time writer director. No one's talking about this movie. Everyone was appalled by the trailer. It looks just very weird. You never weird. know, Robert. This could be, you know, a she came to me situation. Nothing could be a she came to me situation. Don't even try. <laughs> not even Jim Caviezel next movie. No, no. <laughs> the only thing that could have made she came to me better is if Jim Caviezel played the part of the dog well yeah <laughs> yeah the dog uh i was gonna say uh brian darcy james who's a racist court stenographer civil war reenactor because i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if that's what jim is like in real life <laughs> yeah fair uh he's like a nice guy i'm really rooting for him but you know I'm not sure how i feel about passion of the christ three <laughs> Three. Passion of the Christ three. What does that take place in heaven? Like what's going on there? Oh, it's the oh. Book of Mormon. Uh, gonna, sometimes I think about dying. Movie. Is the other movie that we got today? This is uh, directed by Rachel Lambert, starring Daisy Ridley. Um, Fran, who likes to think about dying, makes uh, makes the new guy at work laugh, which leads to dating and war. Now the only thing standing in her way is Fran herself. Uh, same scale. Where are you guys landing on this one? I want to see it in theaters immediately. I yeah. am a huge fan of Daisy Ridley because every single time she showed up in Star Wars, like it's a Mary Jane. It's a Mary, sorry, Mary Sue. She can't die. She can't figure out this, all this stuff out. And it annoyed me so much. I'm like, will you just enjoy the movie, you nerds? And I respect your, people's fandom of Star Wars. 
But I don't. <laughs> Same. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you for saying what I didn't want. But I I want to see Daisy Ridley in more stuff. And I saw her in uh, Murder on the Orient Express, and I hated that movie. And I was like, come on, we need her in something else. And she was in one of those Netflix movies for a solid two minutes. I don't even remember what it was. It came out in like 2022. I think it was called Bubble. The Bubble. It was like yeah. a mockumentary movie about making a Jurassic Park-esque movie in like in COVID lockdown. And I thought it was funny and she had like a two minute cameo in it. And it was hilarious because it was her and Pedro Pascal doing nonsense. I love um, me Pedro Pascal doing nonsense. Mm-hmm. And now she gets to do something legitimate. Oh, <laughs> so I'm all the way in. Let's let's have Daisy Ridley and Pedro Pascal be in the Baby Yoda and Mandalorian movie, please. She has 15 upcoming projects on mm-hmm. IMDb. Good for her. Because I'm also the same places <clears throat> as Sam that I... And theaters, I, I'm excited to see this because this was, I think, like a Sundance movie a year ago. Uh, I remember yeah. Rowan saw it when it came out and he recommended it all the way back then. Um, and I've been looking forward to it since then. Uh, so, I, like I said, I'm hoping this gets some sort of theatrical release because I really want to see it. Um, same thing about Daisy Ridley. The first real movie, well, she was in Ophelia in 2018, but the first real movie that she's ever been in basically was The Marsh King's Daughter uh, 2023, which is not a great movie, but she's really good in it. Um, and I just want. You mean like to... as a as a lead? Yeah, she's, she's the in lead. Murder on the Orient Express. But I would still not. Really she's not the lead a real that. movie the same way. Just like a like a drama with no pre existing characters, not based on. Oh, okay, anything yeah, 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 You know, um, I think like she's in that, and she's not like a major role, but she's also right. not a minor role. Like, well, she's like the voice. She's a voice in Peter Rabbit. She's in Chaos Walking, but like when she just yeah, gets to be that. a person who goes through some things for a couple hours. And the Marsh King's daughter, I was like, oh, wow, she's really good. So uh, I really want to see more of her, you know, just doing normal dramas. The crazy thing is that her and Margot Robbie are both a couple of the sister bunnies in the Peter Rabbit movies. And it's like, what? <laughs> Why is this about Peter Rabbit, James Corden? It should be about them. Yeah, I I haven't really seen any of the stuff that she's been in besides the Star Wars stuff um, and the Murder on the Orient Express. But I think I think it's one of those, where, like, I, I guess, like, I was surprised that her career didn't like take off um because she was like the lead of the new star wars trilogy but i guess like that does don't normally take off yeah well see hayden christensen yeah hayden christensen mark hamill did the joker but he like didn't do anything else big i I mean i wonder how much of that is his desire i don't know i don't want to speak for him but you know i saw do you think he do you really do you think he wanted the career that harrison ford had I mean, Harrison Ford is his own. That's a great Harrison question. Ford doesn't even want the career Harrison Ford had. <laughs> That's a great question to ask the two of them. Would you guys like to switch careers and see what they would say? As long as Mark Hamill still does the Joker, he can do whatever else. Um, uh, so actually on that, I saw a very sad clip where Mark Hamill said when he heard that uh, Kevin Conroy passed away, he said, I will never play the Joker again. Yeah. Exactly. I'm done. I won't do it because he's not here anymore. Well, he's even talked about like even getting them to come back for the Killing Joke. He was like, "Is Kevin in it? Yep, then I'm in. That's all I need to know." Um, so anyway, you, yeah, you, I guess I guess you're right. Yeah, Hayden Christensen didn't work out. Jake Lloyd didn't work out either. Yeah, uh, Ewan McGregor was already Boyega. at least a little bit established. Yeah. It and takes- Austin, the thing with Oscar Isaac and John Boyega, they were already established. Yeah. Less for John Boyega, but. Yeah, but John Boyega is like John Boyega to... more years to be into in small acts, and now they clone Tyrone. Like it's taken him. There's there yeah. there needed to be a little buffer. Yeah, and Adam anyway, Driver was just like there's there's people like Adam Driver, Harrison Ford. There's no stopping them. But like yeah, but Hayden Christensen has kind of found a way back by doing Star Wars again. 
and getting love for it, but it's been four years since four years since the rise of Skywalker. So it maybe it's too soon for Daisy to make a push back to come to Star Wars and then try to restart her career. But you know, people have short memories, and there was a pandemic and everybody went crazy. So you know, I think she could legitimately make a comeback at this point and do something else and have a new career. So I'm hopeful. Cool. Uh, I'm. I'm with Rent for this one, just because you know maybe if I had seen the trailer or heard a lot of the hype, but um, this one looks. Uh, I would certainly rather see this one than Miller's Girl. But um, I guess my only fear is just ba- kind of based off of the general synopsis and vibes. Like maybe it might be a little bit too artsy and just make me not enjoy the movie. Um, you know, Who would they play if John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, and Daisy Ridley were in Rent? Is a great question. I just mean like if it gets a little bit too lost in the like you know knowing that it's a movie like a green knight or lighthouse like aren't on my vibe like and i don't like them for that reason you know gotcha um so Fair. which i know just broke robert's heart but he knew he knew i didn't like them but anytime i have to remind him of that he probably debates on quitting this podcast <laughs> my wife would throw hands with you robert about the green knight she hated it so much yeah. well some people well, just don't have good taste that's true i mean i did kind of like transformers rise of the beast <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you saying my wife is does not have good taste who would yeah. have introduced me to mean girls <laughs> Sorry, not Mean Girls. Uh, Gilmore Girls. Two very, very, very different shows. Very yeah, different. Let's uh, move on. Uh, we got to hear some movie opinions from um, uh, Robert and Samuel. So if you're interested in hearing more from them, where can they find you? Samuel, our guest, let's start with you. Uh, on the social media website, formerly known as Twitter, my username is Samberger9296. And on Letterboxd, my username is CinematicSam623. The two numbers worn by LeBron James, second mention for him today, or the number of titles Michael Jordan has and Michael Jordan's number. Got it. That way, that way, if uh, somebody asks you who's the goat, you know, because of your numbers, you could <laughs> make a case for either. He plays uh, both sides, so he always comes out on top. Yeah. <laughs> I would actually just immediately default to Kevin Garnett. So <laughs> I agree. I like the I like the just pull a wild card out of there. Who's the, who's the goat, Michael or LeBron? Like. Tim Duncan, like there's not a bad argument for Tim Duncan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Robert, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Sithpop.com. You can find me at Robert's Thoughts on Letterbox, and you can find me on my podcast that I co-host with our buddy Foster. Uh, also, see which, in fact, we're doing Ophelia, another Daisy Ridley movie, on the episode that releases the day after this episode. Day before this. Day after. Doesn't this come out on Thursdays or Wednesdays? I mean. Uh, I swear I thought it was. Yeah, we do Thursday. Uh, I started listening to also see. I really like it, by the way. Thank so you. You have a listener. You have my endorsement to also go listen to Robert's podcast. You didn't need it, but in case you were waiting. Um, Guy who was yeah. waiting for your endorsement before listening to my podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, and a quick reminder, patreon.com slash sifpopwr, where you can catch early access to episodes on the public feed and other fun things uh, if you want to go venture over that way. Um, let's move on to the Sif topic. Uh, we'll do uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. This is a 1961 film streaming on Paramount+. Paramount Plus. Uh, the synopsis here, according to IMDb, is a young socialite becomes interested in a young man who has moved into her apartment building, but her past threatens to get in the way. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, uh, 1961 movie stream on Paramount Plus, uh, 7.6 on IMDb, not quite enough to make the top 250, 76 on Metacritic, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, 3.7 on Letterboxd. 
This has three Oscar nominations uh, for Audrey Hepburn and lead, lead actress, George Axelrod in adapted screenplay and um, art and set decoration. It won original song Moon River and it won original score uh, by Henry Mancini. Uh, this was also a D- Directors Guild of America and Writers Guild of America um, nominee the way this, uh, sorry, Directors nominee, Writers winner the year this came out. Um, also Grammys. I feel like we don't see Grammys in these movies too often, but this, uh, especially like multiple wins. But uh, it won for best score. It won for best record of the year for Moon, which is Moon River. Uh, it won for best performance by an orchestra, like not intended for dancing. Like if you look up the like award titles of these one, they were way too specific because mm. this yeah it was like performance by an orchestra, not not intended for dancing. Like uh, and then uh, album of the it was a nominee for album of the year. The soundtrack was uh, the score uh, in two thousand twelve. This was I forgot to tell you this, Aaron. I won an award recently for uh, best podcast co-host who only appears once a month on episodes that release on thursdays whose topic is goats um Mm. so i won that recently well that award is um defunct because two reasons number one um let's not beat around the bush here it was revoked because you took money from the university (laughs) behind usc's back so shame i said it's revoked because this podcast comes out on wednesdays not thursdays didn't i say wednesdays you said Thursdays. Okay. Um, secondly, because you also appear on this podcast. I guess you're not co-host for that one. You're, right. you're host for that episode. Okay. All right. Technicality. For that I've one, won I just won awards. Best Monthly Host. Yeah. I've won no awards. I've won nothing. May God have mercy on my soul. You've won uh, May Jim, Jim Caviezel have favorite. mercy on your soul. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I qualify because I've only seen The Passion of the Christ once. After all these jokes we've made, I've only seen it once when I was 14. And I was like, that's enough. I'm good. I saw it once in Bible college and that was it. Um. <laughs> My parents used to watch it like every Easter and I was like, no, thank you. I like it. I just don't want to watch it a lot, you know? <laughs> watch yeah. Book of Clarence. It's not one of those who are like, hmm, Friday night, what am I going to do? Yes. Let's put on the Passion of the Christ. Yes, Robert. Uh, watch Book of Clarence. Better depiction of Jesus. Yes. In many ways. <laughs> In 2012, Breakfast at Tiffany was Sorry. put in the National Film Registry. It, AFI had this on their list of 100 Years, 100 Passions. This came in at number 61 uh, in 100 Years, 100 Songs. Passions. Yeah. I wonder what else is going to be on that list. <laughs> 100 Years, 100 Songs, number four for Moon River. Uh, and this was ranked at number 486 on Empire's 500 Greatest Movies of All Time, their 2008 edition. Uh, this is all of our first time seeing this movie. So um, in that case, uh, this was one. Robert, was this the play-in round that we had like? Was it Roman Holiday? That was the like we had already had it on before. I think that was Roman Holiday. Frankly, I never remember when we try to think of Neither this. Neither do I. Neither um, I think Roman Holiday was the one that lost in a poll before, and that went up against Seven Seal and Roman Holiday one, which is next month's movie. Yeah, um, I, I just realized no. looking at the schedule that we're doing two Audrey Hepburn movies on this cycle. Nice. We could throw in Charade as well if you want. I recently um, watched that. Um. So what? What was the thing? Uh, you know, Sam, you picked this movie as one of your options. Um, what was the thing? What what has been the thing that you guys have been like most excited uh, about to watch this movie? Uh, Sam, let's start with you. I've seen this poster so many freaking times mm-hmm. of like the iconic look of Audrey Hepburn in the dress that she's wearing at the beginning of the movie and with the long cigarette. It's like, what is this? Like, is her name Tiffany? Like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the point here? Like, what's happening? This is supposed to be some iconic movie. And then I watched it. I was like, this is the template for every rom-com ever made. Like, sure. yeah, there's the stuff that came out before it that definitely led to this movie. But this is the template for every rom-com movie. 
except way darker. Just way yeah. darker than you would have thought. Yeah, you said like, what does the title even mean, Breakfast at Tiffany's? I guess like the yeah, first... I was like, is her name Tiffany? Are they like having brunch? Like, I guess the on? first time I ever thought about it, like I was like, oh, is it like Babette's feast? You know, like where it's just like I hate Babette's I, feast. I'm having everybody over for breakfast. Come over and let's my dinner with Andre. This, you know, um, shout out to my Bible college professor who made us watch Babette's Feast. I Mine too, for philosophy and film. Sorry, theology and film, but it should have been. Did you also hate it? Because I did. I thought it was fine. Um, I, I, I was like, I, I'll take the I'll take the F. He he made me watch Tree of Life, and I really hated that movie, so I wasn't going to hate anything else after, like more than that. So That's fair. Um, I was excited to watch this because I don't think I've seen an Audrey Hepburn movie before, and um, I uh, was excited to see that this is her most iconic role. I think that's fair to say. She's got a few that maybe could be in the conversation, but like this is, I think, the winner. And um, I'm always interested in diving into more of these classics the reason why we're doing this is because i feel like i'm not exposed to a lot of these older movies and it's because i used to not like them and i generally like the movies to some degree uh that we talk about robert so uh i i'm a, i would i would like to Sound like more old mean? movies yeah mm-hmm. i would like to i would like to like more older movies and um so i would like to watch i would like to like this classic Aubrey, audrey hepburn movie you know that's why i was excited to watch it uh robert same as always. It's just uh, I was excited to scratch uh, or cross a goat off my list, potential goat off my list. Mm-hmm. Um, same as Sam. Saw the poster. It's iconic at this point. Uh, it, up until a couple of weeks ago, I had never seen another Audrey Hepburn movie. And then I watched it and was, you know, expecting something whimsical where she just goes and, you know, equalizer threes it, except without the killing and just sits at a, you know, place and eats breakfast every day. Um but instead, it's racist. So yeah. <laughs> it's racist, and there's no breakfast <laughs> and there's in the bread, whole movie. Probably any breakfast. Yeah. Nobody eats anything in this movie. Where is the pancakes? Oh, they drink a lot, though. They, they drink, do drink so a lot. much. I I, <laughs> I looked over at my wife. I'm like, it's like a family reunion. <laughs> mm-hmm. The amount of booze that they're carrying in. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh God. Uh, <laughs> on the classic hip pop scale of like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay. Um, where do you stand? Let's go in reverse order. Robert, where did you stand? I did not like it. Me either. I also did not like this movie. Sam? I low side <laughs> have loved it. Uh, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> I, th- I'm, I'm happy we have you on then. Like, legitimately. I... Um, all right. Can, do you want to start with Audrey Hepburn or do you want to start with Mickey Rooney? Like, <laughs> I will, I respect any opinions about Mickey Rooney sucking, sucking in this movie. It's, he's not good. It's not even that he's not good. It's just that it's a totally racist depiction, you know. It's uh, like I, I there's a it's certain the prosthetics point where you can... that put it way over the top. Like, yeah, because because sure, it was already wrong and, and right and but like the director has come out and said he's like, I wish I didn't didn't do it. I just didn't think about it at the time. And you know, it's the '60s. Fine. Like, I think there's a, there's enough grace to be had there, but the prosthetics just really make it go. Like, are you sure you weren't thinking about this as you were doing it? Like, it's. <laughs> It's, it's, it's it's like again back to my real world job. Like I wish I hadn't have run that red light. I'm so sorry. That doesn't make you not at fault, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You, you knew you knew what you were doing when it happened, and you chose not to think. And about And you were that. in the editing room and decided, hmm, yeah, let's put that out to the world. And there's that's nothing... why most I'd have loved it. It would 
It doesn't even matter. You could remove the whole character. Right. Sorry, uh, I was going to say, I'm saying it delicately, it would make sense if they're trying to say something about the, you know, Asian people or something like that. Or you would nope. understand the rationale a little bit more. Not that it would make sense, but like you would understand the rationale. Yep. But no, it's just like, let's be racist because we can and throw on the prosthetics and the massive teeth and the offensive accent. Like if you wanted to have an annoying landlord guy, just make an annoying landlord guy. <laughs> you know, it, otherwise it's it makes no sense and it's totally offensive. Why wasn't it just a crotchety old woman who was once in love and is upset that she has men chasing after her every night? Sure. Yeah, it, there's lots of interesting ways it could have gone. But. I I saw. Um, well, first of all, like to, to even even to your point, like I, I feel like there could be a way where you could you don't even need to see this character. You could just hear. No, that doesn't make it better necessarily because it's still Mickey Rooney, not a genuinely authentic Japanese person playing this role. Right. But but like at least if we didn't have to see him with his caricature like prosthetics, um, I actually did see though. Um, Oh boy, if you, you were talking about how you could take him out of the movie and it doesn't really change. Um, uh, UK Channel 5 in 2022 broadcasted a version of this where all the shots of Mich- of, uh, of his character were deleted. Um, though Mickey Rooney remained in the main titles, um, leading to accusations of censorship. Um, and they are a subsidiary of Paramount Global. But it was like, I, somebody did that recently. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I, again, like I, it's one of those, like, we can't not talk about it. Like, it, and we can't not, like, obviously we don't have to be happy about it, but like, there's nothing we could do to change it at this point, you know, like it's, but it is, it is distracting. And I, I genuinely believe like you can't, it can't not be the first or second thing you talk about with this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I liked one review on Letterboxd. I thought I scrolled through just a couple after I finished and uh, I only liked one review and it says uh, nothing says romance like savagely racist yellow face. <laughs> <laughs> Rough. Two and a half stars. <laughs> I, um, my letterbox joke review was four stars. This is the rom-com equivalent of what Rocky did for sports movies. I I think this is an interesting like I, I guess I never thought about it that way because I guess I've just always assumed like always just thought of the rom-com trope as kind of being always around but like sure it had to have started somewhere so like i this guess had it's to have been the pop one of the popular one of the main kickoffs of like that is the formula except for the horrible racist depiction yeah and I, like i also feel like especially because this is you know 1961 so it's like you can start to be like a little bit more like risque in your movies like mm-hmm. if this movie came out 20 years earlier they could not have that strip club scene in it um or and even be you know less or any of the obvious about, about what like, Audrey Hepburn does for money in this movie. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't have any of that. Yeah, so like I, I guess I could like especially for like the the rom coms that want to go a little bit like like Pretty Woman and like feels like it's kind of a Breakfast at Tiffany's remake. Yeah, there would be no Pretty Woman without Breakfast at Tiffany's. Full disclosure, I don't I don't think I've seen Pretty Woman in full. I think I've seen parts here and there, but at least general idea. Oh, you know Everybody what? Yeah, who knows what right. Pretty Woman is no has seen Pretty Woman. Yeah, and an escort courts an older man and enemies like turn lovers or whatever something you know. Anyway, um, you've seen the one episode of The Office where Dwight goes back into the fancy place. You've seen Breakfast. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so we could be done with the yellow face horrible racism of this movie, and we can talk about the movie itself at this point. Um, but definitely wanted to get that out there. Let's start with Audrey Hepburn. Um, 
she's good. Mm-hmm. She's 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 certainly got some moments, but <laughs> like I, I maybe it's expectations. Like uh, there it is. <laughs> I was gonna say classic Aaron. I know. No, but like like there's certainly some moments where I'm like, hey, like that's a really great moment. But overall, I was like, I like and I, I was I was. <laughs> I was trying to compare this to movies at the time. I'm like, okay, Goldfinger was 1963. Like, so like trying to put like where women stand and like how much screen time they get and what they get to do and whatnot. And it's like, I guess like there is an argument to be like, like women st- still in this point didn't have much agency in Hollywood yet. You know, um, it's, she's good. I don't know that she's a go. Do? What do you like? Like she doesn't have like the char- the character. It is, Sorry, it, I don't mean it, to laugh. No, the character is written that kind of have some moments, and Audrey Hepburn has those like really great moments. Like I think the, I think the moment where, um, where Fred can I, I don't even remember his real name. Um, right, because she keeps calling him by her brother's name, <laughs> which is so weird. Anyway, um, uh, where Fred like com- uh, confronts her in the library, and she's trying oh. to go to the go away to the bathroom. And mm-hmm. by the way, also major it because he grabs her arm like three times, you know, to stop her from leaving him, uh, like aggressively as well. And uh, if the over under is three for the amount of times her arm gets grabbed in this movie, I'm slamming the over. <laughs> I'm just saying that one scene, that one like 30 second thing, like she's really great in that scene, I think. Um, but and overall, she's... overall, it was just like, oh, like this is the performance that like has made her a superstar. And, you know, it's it's it, it seemed like, yeah, she's good. It's not that her performance is what makes her a superstar or makes this a goat. And I would argue it's not a goat either, but it's the I hate to say vibes and sound like I'm Gen Z, but. Sound like the annoying part of Gen Z, but it is the feel of this movie and the atmosphere, and she is a big contributor to that. I would say, is she doing the greatest performance of all time? No. Yes. Oh. Sydney Sweeney was better in anyone than you, than anyone but you, than uh, Audrey Hepburn uh, is uh, in this no. movie. <laughs> I would disagree with that. We've, t- we've made so many jokes about Jim Caviezel. I can't make one about Sydney Sweeney. Well, that didn't sound like a joke. That's why that didn't I sound like a joke. <laughs> I have a great deadpan. I'm sorry. Sydney Sweeney is not better in anyone but you than Audrey Hepburn is in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Let me clarify. Okay, I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> That's fine. But and then because of that, it's kind of like it became famous for the wrong reason. And then every single rom com has to be some form of this going forward, where. There's some misunderstanding. There's some inconvenience because there's like three or four misunderstandings and inconveniences between these two throughout the movie. And then you finally get to the end and they and she's like, I will stay with you the best possible option Mm -hmm. as opposed to all of the terrible decisions I've made. It's like we had to I had to pick one eventually. So it's the it's not her performance, really. It's just the atmosphere that her character creates that I would say is what puts this in a goat conversation while undoubtedly it is not a goat in my opinion. I think her performance is good. Um, I think she does a lot of different things well. So she like does the, like she, she has a citizen cane destroy the room scene. She plays drunk. Well, she plays charming. Well, Mm -hmm. Um, she plays like a little, uh, I don't know what the word is like airheaded. Maybe when she's talking to gypsy. Yeah. What's, Sally Tomato is that the guy's name? <laughs> like that's the name of her mob boss boyfriend. Like 
Does she? She doesn't know what their weather reports are, right? No, because at the end she doesn't get arrested for it, or she doesn't uh, get indicted for it. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays a lot of different things well, and she shows range within the movie itself, and and especially like heartbroken, you know, when her brother dies and when uh, mm-hmm. her you know her child bride buyer uh, shows up and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. there's a there's a lot of different lanes that she plays in. I just think that the movie around her is kind of boring, and that's basically my main uh criticism of it is just that it kind of vacillates between you know this super serious she lived this really difficult life and now it's like oh let's go to tiffany's but we only have ten dollars to spend it's just like it can't really it doesn't really choose a lane and and which way to go and i'm going back and forth and none of it is particularly interesting to me um and then after you've had that cadence of super sad let's do something fun yeah yellow face (laughs) <laughs> right yeah that's the cadence yeah i, Sad, I fun, yellow face i'll second that robert my my th- my three biggest criticisms for this movie was that yeah it, it was pretty boring I, I i i couldn't there were so many different plot lines that i just couldn't really get invested and by the time you maybe started to get invested they were just like okay it's not important anymore it's like oh all right cool i guess we'll move on then um and introduce this new plot line an hour into the movie you know and it, the other thing is this movie should have been a crisp 90 minutes um as opposed yeah. to the two hours if it, it was way too long and it even though it was an hour and 54 i swear this movie was like two and a half hours it was ho- horribly paced i really thought this movie took forever um and um um and, and yeah just tonally this movie's kind of all over the place because it feels like 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 maybe like the most fun i ever had with this movie was the like party in the apartment scene i thought there was lots of like little fun things going on like you know all the cigarettes and like you know, um, catching this lighting, lighting the lady's yeah. hat on fire. Yeah. Uh, the lady laughing and then crying at herself in the mirror. Yes. Yeah, so she's laughing at herself in the mirror. And my wife goes, same. And like three <laughs> minutes later, she sees her crying in the mirror. I'm like, still same. She's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, like there's lots of fun. The original little Joker. <laughs> there was lots of fun little things in there. Um, like like in that particular scene that I was like, if the whole movie would have kind of been that energy, because like that was the first point where I was really like, oh, I'm liking this movie. I hope it continues this, especially because I think this movie is genuinely really funny. And I like I feel like a lot of times when we call movies rom-coms, like I feel like it's more in tone as opposed to like actual jokes or things to laugh at. You know, yeah, it's just like, oh, it's it's a smiley fun movie, but like this one's genuinely really funny. There was a lot of moments that I laughed out loud, including the lady laughing at herself in the mirror and then crying three minutes. Remarkably funny. Um, Lots, lots that I thought was uh, um, just really enjoyable in this movie to laugh at. But yeah, just, you would get a scene like that. And then, yeah, you're right. Like the next scene, it would be like, Oh, she's got an ex-husband and he's significantly older than her. And not, not only that he's significant, that. O- significantly older. She was married off when she was fourteen mm-hmm. to adopt four mm-hmm. kids. Yep, it's like it's like we're not yeah, we're not even gonna. The, the movie's like yeah, um, she was married off when she was fourteen. She had a bad childhood. It's like it's like oh okay. Cool. Like either one of these on their own could be an interesting movie, or if you like tone one of them down and keep you know uh and keep them both in the same story. Um, yeah, but together it's just massive whiplash. And I've joked about it a couple times, but. Like from the very beginning, like the first thing that she says to the main guy is that he looks like her brother. Yeah. And then, like, it's so weird. I couldn't shake that the rest of the time. And it's like, I'm going to call you Fred. Yeah. yeah. And then in the, the second scene where she goes into in, through his fire escape. Yep. She calls him Fred again and yep. then goes to sleep on him. It's like, 
doesn't make any sense to me why that why I'm supposed to buy into this as a romantic relationship. I I thought okay maybe it's not gonna gonna end up romantic. Um, even though it's called a referred to as a rom com, maybe it's just gonna be like she needs someone there who reminds her of her brother. Um, that would be an interesting thing. You know, maybe it's more just like a, a platonic comfort when she fell asleep on her chest. They didn't kiss. They didn't do anything like that. But nope, it, it turns. You know, obviously it has the kiss in the rain at the end which is obviously very romantic comedy so it doesn't make any sense to me why that's supposed to work and that's, no, it, especially that's that first scene loving this movie is because of the ending is because it creates the i'm thinking of the community episode where abed's like pouring water on himself while trying to convince his girlfriend to take him back <laughs> like i'm thinking of that as like okay like i know that's from every rom-com but this is like where it came from and it's like yeah if you create something that endears for 60 years if you create a like a bullet point for a story that's been very successful for 60 years i have to give you respect are you also racist and convoluted yes yeah but you did something that's very impressive that lasted a long time and there's something about how they used to do it in the 60s that just honestly i it's not really captured the same way anymore like I just respected it way more. And honestly, the fact that they went back and saved that cat, so happy because that cat was very handsome. Most of the Letterboxd reviews were about the cat. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I like the cat. I needed to throw that out there. The uh, cat had like a 10, 12 year career being in movies. Did it really? It did. That's awesome. More prolific than the Widows and Game Night Dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like Audrey Hepburn was like, I felt so bad they had to toss it out of the car. And then mm-hmm. another person who was on the movie, I don't remember who, was like, that cat was an asshole. It's <laughs> More prolific than the Game Night and Widow's Dog, but not as prolific as Airbud. Mm. Um, Airbud will <laughs> never be touched. Uh, the, yeah, no, I, the, the brother thing was really weird for me, Robert, too. I never could get past it, um, especially because, like, the that, that scene where she comes down through the fire escape, I'm sitting there thinking, it's 4.30 in the morning. And a stranger's coming into room. I'm calling the cops. And sure, it's Aubrey. It's Aubrey. He's escaping a client. Yeah. Well, it's that meme of like, Like, oh, you're so sweet versus um, human resources. Hello. That's right. Aaron, I'm not I'm not like pushing back against your point. I'm like, I'm adding to it. No. Yeah. yeah, No, I I know. Like, I I, I definitely don't like it's sure. It's Audrey Hepburn. And you know what? In any other context, if Audrey Hepburn wants to get in bed with you while you're there sure but like it, it's it's super distracting all the lit cigarettes next to this bed and, and like obviously it's a movie i guess so it's a good thing happen. you said in the top five episode your wife doesn't listen to this podcast with that comment. <laughs> I, she was in the room and i said it okay <laughs> you know uh it's like she, they don't have sex in that scene and you know so anyway um the um has she ever said that you look like her brother <laughs> No, her brother has hair. Uh, oh. <laughs> no, um, like it's 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 a super weird scene, uh, and it's it's like the way that they're talking, the way he's just casually like, "All right, like no, you're about to get murdered, my guy." Like, <laughs> you know, and and it, like they're in a big city. First of all, why are your windows unlocked? Second, you know, and then you know she's she's gonna come in, and the way she's talking, and she's just like, "I'm gonna make myself a drink. Do you want anything?" It's like now you're stealing my booze, like. It's uh, it's it's all it's all really weird, and I I I could not latch on to it. It, it was more so I could not latch on to what he sees in her, right? Like like aside from oh, she's young and hot looks. and exciting. I think right, it's pretty it, straightforward. Well, she yeah. is the 
we, I keep going Those back to as well of like they created so many of these tropes, but she is yeah. the OG manic, manic pixie, pixie dream girl. Yeah. Like um, she did this. Like without her, we wouldn't have all these different summer from five hundred years. Like, yeah. like his yeah. his his vibe is that I can fix her. Like that's that's what his 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 vibe is for. And like that, I didn't fall for it at all ever. I don't give these two six months after the movie ends. Oh yeah. Well, but, you don't do that in any rom com. I'm not going to hold that against. <laughs> I'm not going to hold that against. I, I think the couple from anyone but you will last. I do disagree, but okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think any of the couples from the Kissing Booth franchise will last. Just uh, uh, disavowed by Jacob Elordi. <laughs> Would this movie be better with Jacob Elordi instead of whoever plays the main the main he's dude? Too young. Yeah, he's too young. Yeah, Would it be better with Jim Caviezel? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who would he play? You swap Jesus, him in for like Jesus. The, He's still Jesus. <laughs> he also walks into like through the fire escape and is like, you two are terrible people. <laughs> I know. Leave room for me. <laughs> Why are you calling him by your brother's name, miss? Um, you can rename the movie. Are you there, God? It's me, Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the answer from God is yes, I am. There's, uh, like, there's certainly like some things that I really liked about the movie. There's certainly some parts, but the whole didn't work for me. And especially the um, the romance, the, the whole and 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 because it was kind of sidelined, none of her backstory worked for me, uh, and was a completely yeah. different tone for the rest of the movie. So I, I think there's some some genuinely good parts in here. Like I think the them walking around Tiffany's and doing the engraving thing like was a cute scene. I actually like. The ending made me feel something, which was surprising because I was like, it oh, was a good like, it's, yeah. it's really great, you know, really touching, really warm, really like nailed that, you know, reunion in the rain um, kind, kind of it. But like I, I, I uh, my wife left about halfway through um, to go do something else in another room. And um, yeah, I went in about 40 minutes, five minutes later. She's like, do you like the movie? I'm like, no, not really. And, you know, but I'm happy I watched it because now I can cross it off of my list. Like I said, say I've seen it and I don't see myself seeing it again. You know, it's funny you say that because I asked my wife if she wanted to watch with me uh, when I started it. And she's like, no, I want to do other things. I was like, okay, whatever. And I watched it myself. She walked in the room uh, during like the Citizen Kane scene uh, when there was loud stuff going on. I said, you know, it's a good thing that you didn't watch this after all. And she was like, why? Is it really violent? And I was like, no, it's just really boring. <laughs> and I was like, like, okay, well, thank you. Um, yeah. My last point, you can make any movie sound dumb if you just like describe what happens in the right tone of voice. Like mm-hmm. you take Parad- uh, Parasite and you're just like, oh, so the rich people are the parasites and the poor people are parasites. Wow, how deep. You can just like kind of make any movie sound dumb and haughty by saying it like that but i just feel that genuinely about about this one it's like (laughs) oh so audrey hepburn and the cat both didn't have names because they were lost and then they get names at the end while they're being hugged by the guy in the rain how good for them it's like all right come on Uh, did they give the cat a name at the end she said she was gonna name it eventually yeah Uh, but she didn't give it a name yet they don't officially give it a name but the idea is she goes back after the cat to find it just like She's going back after herself and, you know, not giving up. And it's just the cat had really a real funny. life name, by the way, that the, is hilarious. What's the, the real life name? Orangey. Orangey. Oh, okay. <laughs> Literally, the first scene we see the cat, like, they're like, he's like sleeping on the bed. I'm like, hmm, that looks like a good cat. And then there I'm going to name him Charles. <laughs> and like, not knowing where the rest of the movie goes. And it's like, oh, like, the cat doesn't have a name. And that's the point. Because I'm like, if you show me an animal, I want to know the animal's name. And if not, I'm going to name it. Like, so I go, I'm going to name it Charles. He looks like a Charles. I'm a big fan of giving cats like super proper names. Like 
my oh, wife yeah. is allergic, so we're trying. Eventually, we will get like a hypoallergenic, or she'll get the shots, and we're gonna name the cat Alfie or yeah. Alfred. And I'm like, I'm a big fan of this, but like dogs, I'm like, it's got to be a super silly name. So we've talked about one day we're gonna get. I'm going to get, and she is okay with this, a uh, bull mastiff, and I'm we're going to name it Galactus, and she's yeah. going to call it Cactus. That's yeah. incredible. That's the best thing I've ever heard in my. It, it um, wasn't my pitch for the Passion of the Christ four. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I haven't heard your pitch for. Passion I don't even know what happens to Passion yet. of the Christ three. <laughs> Read the Bible, Robert. You'll find out. <laughs> I read parts of it. More boring uh, than Breakfast at Tiffany's. We've got about twelve minutes left. Um, any final thoughts from you guys? I've 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 given mine. Uh, no, I I want. I that British uh, TV channel or British TV programmer who removed all the scenes of Mickey Rooney. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your thank you for your service. That's I, how the movie should be released going forward. Also, I'm not a fan it down of censorship. Chris, like, I'm a fan of just like not yeah. watching the movie at all. That, that or would be, or that would like part of the movie, and they could get it down to a crisp 140. Or at least yeah. Or at least like have an acknowledgement at the start of your movie. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, acknowledge absolutely. this is wrong. You know, but but yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of censorship either in that regard. I'm a fan of hey, you're gonna see this. It's gonna like I think Disney puts that on most of their stuff. They, they did for has, Song of the South, and then they removed yeah. Song of the South from Disney Plus. That's probably the right call. I'm not saying they should remove Breakfast at Tiffany's, but I'm I'm saying like a little like hey, if here's you're what you're show gonna it see. At all, don't censor. Yeah. yeah, give that warning. Yeah, either don't show it or have a warning. And there was there was no warning in front of Paramount Plus. So, um, well, there's one yeah. guy running Paramount Plus. There's one. Jim Probably. Caviezel there just running Paramount Plus by himself. He ain't got time for that. He's trying yeah, but to But if Jim Caviezel is He's trying to get people to three to people actually cuz he's <laughs> him, Yeah, anyway. Uh Um Sam you already said you're not putting it in the goats camp. Robert, would you? Nope. Nope, neither would I. I um, I mean that though in the way of like lovingly. it's like a George, I'm lovingly it's like George Mikan. Is he the greatest center of all time for basketball? No, but without him, maybe we wouldn't have dudes who played like Shaq or Hakeem, or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or Bill Russell. We needed that guy, but he's not better than any of those dudes. I don't know enough or about DeAndre the era Aiden. or these movies to know like what really was me, this, this, <laughs> the foundation, the blueprint for the modern rom-com. But if, if it is, then respect to this movie, but that's not going to give it uh, in goat status for me. Uh, Robert, where does this rank in your list? Is that like 58 or something? Like almost dead Out of 60? Yeah. yeah. Um, I initially had it at 58, but um i moved i bumped it up to 56 <laughs> Ooh, yeah. mm. just bumped it up like two spots because i was like um th- like there are genuinely some parts i enjoy and i think like i'd be curious to see if the book handles the tone better i'm not gonna read the book but for anybody that's read the book like is the book better you know what i should um, put it at 59 i liked nightmare at christmas before this or more than this there you go i'd be mad if you didn't nightmare at christmas um, at least has some fun songs that's right I, um I, I would rather watch nightmare before christmas I'd watch that movie a hundred times before Breakfast at Tiffany's again. Um, on the next month's goats, Robert and I and Caleb will be talking about another Audrey Hepburn Rob Com Roman Holiday. So next month, Roman Holiday, just in time for for us to watch it around Valentine's Day uh, and for you to hear us talk about it Cute. after. Um, for our B plot, um, just real quick, we'll uh, we'll talk about some of our favorite rom coms. We got to keep this brief, um, but uh, maybe some out of the box ones. Uh, if you've gotten however you oh. want to find rom coms, you're okay with me. <laughs> I've got some. No, like I, I'm ones. just saying, like if you like. No, I'm like, saying I have some out of the box ones. That's all. I'm like I don't. I've got you know like 
I know, Robert, we both love about time, but it's really more about the father's son than it is whatever. But I think it's enough. Crazy Stupid Love is probably my favorite of all time. Um, I love Crazy Stupid Love. Uh, I I love Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I think that one counts. So we talked about goats, and maybe this hasn't been discussed, but in my opinion, the legitimate goat rom-com is When Harry Met Sally. Like that movie is like a five star for me. It's incredible. When Harry Met Sally is amazing. Yeah, it's good. I think it's the greatest rom-com of all time. Now that I've said that. The also greatest... shows that rom-com leading actors don't need to look like Glenn Powell. Like, yeah, people were talking the other day about how uh, Daniel Radcliffe doesn't look like a leading man for a rom-com. It's like, come on. He is a more traditionally attractive guy than uh, Billy Crystal. And he's in the most beloved rom-com of all time. Yeah. Side note, I watched the documentary about Daniel Radcliffe's stunt double. That was really good. Yeah, was I, it? I saw it too. It was good. Yeah. Uh, but now that I've talked about the gro- goat rom-com, in my opinion, most interesting rom-com thing to me is that Friends with Benefits and No Strings Attached came out within the calendar year of each other. Yep. And Friends with Benefits is significantly better. And they're two and three after When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly would rather watch the Kissing Booth movies than No Strings Attached. I and think I watched half I say of that with No Strings no Attached. If Jacob Elordi was in No Strings Attached, would you watch it? No. Because <laughs> Natalie Portman is so out of her depth in that movie. Like, I don't know who's directing her, but they're not directing her right. It's like she's – she's, and I don't think Ashton Kutcher is actually a good actor at all unless he's in that 70s show. And there's already problems with the 70s show as it is. Aaron, so, are we counting yeah. down our top five or are we just – No, I, I just kind of put your favorites because I, I knew we would be short on time here. So if you want to count down your top five, that's A-OK. I just – I, oh, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't have much play in it. I, I'm not the king of three-star or four-star. I'm not the king of rom-coms. I, I like Crazy Stupid Love, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. If you if we can throw an Arsenic and Old Lace in there as well. Um, that's not a rom. It's it? not a rom-com. It's, it's got romance, but it, but most of the movie is not about. like. That's closer like, to like Clue. Right? Yeah, that's fair. I was like, it's it's got romance at the beginning and end, but nowhere in the middle. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I Crazy Stupid Love, Forgetting Sarah Marshall are kind of my... The ones I really dig. Um, Last Christmas was fine. Um, oh, that's yeah. your thing. Well, Last here, Christmas. I was I was gonna t- count down my top five with Do five it. being Aloha, which is not um, at all you know racist either. It, Emma Stone playing a native Hawaiian is perfectly Emma Stone, okay. Big Suns fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a rainy day in New York, which is an excellent Woody Allen movie, it has nothing wrong with it. Um, it doesn't. There's no excellent Woody Allen movies. Except for Rainy Day in New York, which stars Timothy Chalamet and Elle Fanning and Selena Gomez, all excellent actors. Um, it's about how we need to feel bad for the problems of rich people. And, you know, I've never related to anything more. Um, mm. Salt Especially rich people that are accused of uh, grooming and child mm. molestation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, remember me, uh, Robert Pattinson and Emily DeRaven. Uh, number three right here. Um, it ends on 9-11. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Um it's a it's more of a romantic drama, but uh at the very last shot it 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 pulls out and Robert Pattinson is on is in I one of the twin towers. I would hope it's a drama if it has to do with 9/11. It I doesn't have to do comedy. It doesn't have to do with 9/11 until the end when it pulls out and he's in one of the twin towers. And as the and camera pans out, the the title card says September 11, 2000. Oh yeah. my god. Well. Yeah. That's that's a that's so stupid. I think I kind of want to see it. <laughs> you need to see it. It's great. Um, it's number three on my list. 
Um, number yeah. two is a newcomer. Uh, it's Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher, who I think is an excellent actor. Um, he's only bad in that 70s show. It's called Your Place or Mine. Um, these two actors, they share, I think, two scenes in the same location, and that makes it so much better. Um, it, it came out now, last on a, year. On a scale of one to what happens in Vegas, where are we talking about on Ashton Kutcher? Negative 37. Uh-huh. Uh, I would go negative <laughs> 34 a little bit better than that. But um, yeah, this doesn't get any better. And my number one, just like you said, Aaron, last Christmas, um, it it's not predictable at all. I didn't know that he was dead the whole time. Um, they didn't just steal the montage from Fight Club. Fight Club actually stole the montage. Uh, yeah. It doesn't get better than this. Yeah. Amelia Clark. Uh, I think she's only ever been good in this movie. Uh, Game of Thrones is actually bad performance. Um, Emma Look, Thompson, same thing. when you've seen thing. Terminator Genesis, there's yeah. just no comparison. You exactly. Know? Yeah. So there's my top five. Doesn't get better and than When those. you've seen the pod generation, there's nothing that comes even close to that. <laughs> Honestly, the only place I got When you've seen The Passion of the Christ, there's <laughs> my favorite rom com. <laughs> Romance between <laughs> Jesus and Christians. No, no, isn't no, no, aren't no, we compared you, to his bride? Like, isn't that how it's supposed yeah, to yeah, be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The church yeah. is the bride, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, so. you, you, Aaron, you got it wrong. It's Amila Clark is in The Christ Passion, the remake. Of the original Passion of the Christ. Oh, got it. Got it was oh, originally supposed I, to be the fifth. I thought entry. the Christ Passion was that, <laughs> yeah. was that Skinamax spinoff. <laughs> Guys, we should stop, or I might get like excommunicated or something. <laughs> legitimately, I have one legitimate thing to say, and it goes back to that yeah. Friends with Benefits and that Jim Caviezel um, should have been in the lead role. No, uh, Friends with Benefits and uh, No Strings Attached. Why did both of these movies happen in the same year? It's still a question I ask because the only logical answer I can think of is that Ashton Kutcher saw a rough cut of this movie and was so embarrassed by the fact that Justin Timberlake, who was an awful person, was like, you know what? This guy is way better than me and he's in this movie with my partner. I have to be in a rom-com immediately with the most conventionally attractive person I can find. And somehow Natalie Portman was available. I think movie executives at that point just really wanted to put it in public consciousness that it's okay to have sex with anyone you want. Uh, mm. So that's probably where that was coming mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. Yep. Next week we're talking about the passion of the Christ six, right? I was going to put it as my spinoff, but you know, um, sure. <laughs> Episode 188.5 passion of the Christ seven. Um, let's move on to the spinoff then. Um, uh, what is that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to tell everybody to check out or to stay away from? I will kick us off and say me and my wife this week um, started watching a new TV show and we landed on Only Murders in the Building. And you all are right. That's all I'll say. It's just it's I told great. You, Selena Gomez, great actor. Yeah. Um, if only Jim Caviezel would have been in the show mm-hmm. as well. Maybe he's in the fourth season. Um, but uh, they drop out. They swap out A-listers, Paul Rudd and Meryl Streep for Jim Caviezel. Let's go. <laughs> I'm a, I'm, yeah, I've been really enjoying the show so far. Uh, the only thing is that um, I started it with my wife, and she's agreed to at least finish out the first season with me. She's not sure she's gonna. It's, she's not quite getting it as much as I am. Um, but that means that I have to wait for her to watch episodes where I just want to binge it all right now. And um, so, if you're looking at watching it, um, just watch it. <laughs> uh, what do you guys have? I'll just throw out charade. Um, just stay on theme with Audrey, Audrey Hepburn. Um, and this one is not ironic. Not that my top five rom-com is ironic. Um, but I really enjoyed that movie. It's like the initial Mission Impossible. And she is so much better in that movie. Uh, and it's a much better movie than Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's a lot of fun. Cary Grant's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, just really good movie. Cool. 
I I binged the bear over the last two. Yeah, you did over the last two weeks of twenty twenty three, and I loved it. The bear is terrific. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that it's winning everything at the awards. It's fantastic, and I can't wait wait for season three with Jim Caviezel showing up with <laughs> the dead father resurrected. <laughs> Do you think it's a comedy? No. <laughs> Do you think it's funny? Yes. Okay. It's not yeah. a, co- but like, that's the Both same things way. can be true. <laughs> it's yeah. the same yeah, way. I'm people, like, Breaking I, Bad's not a comedy, but there's so much funny stuff in Breaking yeah, Bad. There are it's people more who, of a comedy than Succession, right? But like, it's no, not a comedy. I think Succession is more of a comedy. I, there's some real category fraud Succession, going on with those. Succession is like much funnier there, than The Bear. There Even should though be, The Bear is funny. There should be no categories for like musical or comedy versus like drama. Your yeah. lead or your supporting. Expand the nominees. Do eight nominees. I don't care. Um, well, on that note, that's a wrap. Uh, remember that you can follow Robert and Samuel at the places they listed at the top of the show. I'll have their letterbox put in the episode description if you want to just copy and paste over there. You can follow me on social media places at Schweit Castle as well. Uh, quick reminder, Hip Hop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media uh, or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you're interested in writing for SifPop.com or you want to get in contact with the show, send us a question to explore during the B-plot. Uh, email writersroom at SifPop.com. Uh, and please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify if you're listening over there. Next week is a humdinger. Uh, is that still a phrase people say? I don't yes. never. I've never said that in my life. I don't know why that came out. Um, uh, but either way, Nash and Jack are joining me on this humdinger and um, talking about Puss in Boots, <laughs> The Last Wish, Up in the Air, and Slumdog Millionaire. All first watches for me. Really excited about that. Um, and yeah, I just I was like, you know what? I want to watch all of these. And uh, next Wednesday is my birthday, so. Um, you know what? It called, happy birthday to me. If Plus, my audio really doesn't work for this episode, can I please just join you there? Sure. Okay. Um, two weeks. Uh, Chris and Frank are joining me to talk about The Mummy, the Brendan Fraser one, and Die Hard 4, Live for Your Die Hard. Um, I'm also really excited about that one as well. And next month, Caleb will be joining Which Robert mummy? and I to talk about what? Which Mummy? The original Brendan Fraser one. Have you seen it? Yeah. Nope. Cool. I've never seen any Mummy movie, not the original Universal Monsters or the Brandon Fraser ones or the Tom Cruise ones. I think the only one I'm going to watch is just the original. It's just the Tom Cruise? Yeah. Well, I'm going to watch them side by side. I'm going to imagine Tom (laughs) Cruise. Dual screens. Next month, Roman Holiday, Robert and Caleb. Um, So thank you guys for your time. Appreciate appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you back, uh, listeners, next week. See ya. Peace.